and I'm always super honored and uh, and humbled when I come across people like that who who tell me like I played a part in their career choices and things like that. Uh, so in that sense, I feel like social media does kind of cross over into your personal life at times because you'll meet real life people. And more recently with TikTok, I mean, I've had people at my own hospital come up to me, L&D nurses and stuff. I put in an epidural and I go and sit down to chart and an L&D nurse comes up to me recently and she's like, are you that, you were on my For You page. She's like, you're that guy on TikTok. And I was like, I, I guess I am that guy on TikTok. I don't think that, I don't feel like I have that big of a following on TikTok, but apparently that a lot of random people have seen it. So your, your social media presence will definitely cross over into your real life. Welcome to the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Join me for some honest, unscripted discussions with other CRNAs who are transforming their financial lives. This episode is brought to you by On-Call Capital. On-Call Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. On-Call Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes, you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. And now, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. My guest today is a CRNA who uses his social media presence to connect with others while also advocating for the profession. Dr. Jason Bolt is a CRNA practicing in the Bay Area of California. He utilizes YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok to connect with people interested in the CRNA profession by providing entertainment, mentorship, and conversation related to the nursing field and to nurse anesthesiology specifically. His most popular service is actually a series of mock interviews for students looking to get accepted into a CRNA program. Jason uses humor and candid discussions to spread information and education on the field of anesthesiology. So without further ado, Jason, welcome, man. It's great to have you on the show today. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like to start these off by starting at the beginning. So, you know, how did you get into this kind of a social media presence? What did that look like? So this actually, it all happened kind of like an accident. I was a travel nurse way back in 2014. And as I was traveling, I thought I want to do something new every place that I go. And I want to record it with a camera while I'm out there so that my family and friends can see it. And maybe I'll upload it as like a small little YouTube channel so my family and friends can watch that there. And then as I started to upload those little videos, more and more people started following along. I started getting more comments and questions about travel nursing and you know contract negotiations and all kinds of stuff like that. So it ended up kind of expanding, still being a very small channel back then as a travel nurse. But then I got into CRNA school about a year and a half later. And I thought I was going to give up on the YouTube channel because I would be busy studying and I just didn't have time for this little side hobby anymore. And um, I found so many people were interested in the idea that I got into CRNA school and I started getting flooded with questions. And I did one video called the five simple steps to get into CRNA school. And I thought it was just a little throwaway video. And it got so many views, way more views than anything I'd had ever done at that point. And so I just started realizing there's a huge 
market and a huge um, audience out there for people wanting to become CRNAs. And back in 2016, 2015, there wasn't anybody, there was no CRNAs on YouTube who were doing anything, you know, with video or who were really much on social media. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe this will be a little side thing I do for fun here or there. And then it just continued to snowball and grow and grow until what it is today. Yeah. So now you said you started back in 2015, 2016. So mm-hmm. um, you've been a CRNA for a couple of years. Are you mm-hmm. finding it uh, easier now to connect with your audience or do you have challenges along the way? Uh, I would say it's easier because social media during the time period from 2015 till now, it's become much more common to have people be influencers on social media. In fact, everybody I feel like now is an influencer of some sort and everybody seems to have some kind of following and all of these apps, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, they are kind of designed now to enable you to connect with your audience as easily as possible with lives. Like, you know, you do your instant live streams where people come in and they contact you and talk to you and stuff. And uh, they really have, they've, develop their app so that it's as easy and smooth as it can possibly be. So I think it's easier now. Cool. Cool. Now, how much time do you actually spend uh, every week on these very social media? Like, do you spend more time on YouTube than you do on TikTok or vice versa? Like, how does that look for you on a typical week? So each of these apps and uh, platforms, they require different levels of, of uh, focus, like for YouTube they definitely require a significant amount of energy to film a YouTube video. And then after you after you film, not only do you have to brainstorm and come up with the idea of what you want to talk about for 10, 15, 20 minutes on a YouTube video that's useful for people to listen to, you're essentially monologuing on a YouTube video. Uh, you do that, then you have to condense it, put it on your computer, edit it, which can take a significant hours of time. Even if you're quick, it can take hours. Then you have to upload it. You have to create thumbnails, um, then, you know, post it. Then you have to respond to comments. So that actually can be very, very time consuming. Um, and, and that is why I feel like a lot of influencers have transitioned to focusing a lot more on Instagram and TikTok because those apps are designed to be much more fast and snappy. And I can create a TikTok video off the top of my head from idea to finish to publish to done in 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. I can be done with a TikTok video. Wow. That, that could get, I did a TikTok video that was just off the top of my head about how much taxes I paid off of a paycheck that I was pretty irritated about. And uh, it was a funny, goofy one. And it got like 2.5 million views. Holy in, smokes. In a matter of a week or two. Yeah, I was completely shocked. Hundreds, like 100,000 likes, tons of comments, way more comments than I could ever keep up with, um, way more than what I get on my YouTube channel. So mm-hmm. I was like that. So it's interesting how the different channels operate different ways. Like you can very quickly come up with an idea on TikTok and it can blow up. Um, same with Instagram. You can post something that's a funny meme that really required very little thought process and you know, 50,000 people may like it. So anyway, depending on the app, you may focus more time. Okay. Um, so you, you mentioned editing videos and, and whatnot. So how did you pick up that skill? Did you take some classes or did you, you know, just watch some tutorials or, or how did that work for you? 
So for my very first YouTube videos way back in the day, I had a MacBook Pro and MacBook comes with an iMovie app, which is designed to be very user friendly and simple. Most people have used it in some form. It's kind of designed what I think of maybe for like a middle schooler to create a school project with. Uh, and so essentially that's all I did. I just did very, very basic, simple edits that was very intuitive with that app. Um, and from there I did that. I used that app editing software, which is free for probably three years on my YouTube channel before I finally chose to, that it was time to really upgrade to a, um, a, a paid, uh, editing software. And there's really two big ones that everyone use and it's, uh, it's final cut pro, which is kind of like an upgraded version of iMovie. And then there is Adobe Creative something. It's like the Adobe version, which I did a sample of, but I found it super complicated and I couldn't get into it and I couldn't figure it out, but I could understand Final Cut Pro. So I started to use Final Cut Pro. I did a couple tutorial videos on YouTube to figure out exactly some of the details of editing with that. And there's still tons to learn with it. Uh, there, there's always new cool ways to edit, especially with these higher level softwares that you can purchase. Uh, there's lots of really in-depth ways you can use it. I still do fairly basic edits. And if I need a more complex edit, I will actually go on a website and pay for someone to do it for me, like a professional editor to to do the editing for me. Okay. Very cool. So um, you obviously need other equipment to do this. Are you using any specialized cameras or how, how are you doing this? I do have, a, your, I mean, actually I shot with my iPhone 10 for probably three years. That was wow. my, my, my cell phone It's pretty okay. much, I just mounted my cell phone up against the, you know, with a little tiny tripod that I got for $15 off Amazon. And, and I just recorded off that for about three years. That was all I used. And it actually shoots pretty high quality. And for a beginning YouTuber, I would say, just do that. Don't, don't okay. spend a ton of money on tech and all that, especially until you have like a few thousand subscribers and people are actually interested in what you're saying. Uh, because it's kind of a waste of money to invest a ton in because there's lots of people who have the idea of a YouTube channel and that never goes anywhere. So don't waste a bunch of money in the beginning because it's not necessary. But after maybe four years of doing YouTube, I went ahead and I got a more upgraded camera, the uh, Canon M50, which I did a lot of research on. And this actually is what a lot of YouTubers use who are starting out. It's really good for like basic point and shoot photos, but it's also good for just vlogging. Uh, and it's and it's really good for just, you know, putting it on a tripod in a room and talking to a camera, which is mostly what we do in YouTube. Mm. Um, and then you can change out. There's tons of different lenses you can buy. I actually just bought a new lens partially because I broke the other one, but also because I needed a new lens. Um, mm. But it the lens alone on this camera is four hundred dollars right here. Okay. So so wow. it, I, yeah. I didn't invest in the beginning, but after many years. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to invest in high quality lenses and some interesting tech. Okay, so and and for those who are listening to this, he he's showing off the camera uh, that that he's using, and there is a very fluffy ball <laughs> on the top of it. What in the world is that thing? So this is called a cattail, and a cattail is a very easy way to get high quality audio recording. So I mean, when you're recording video. Another huge important thing for YouTube is good audio quality, because if people are struggling to hear you or they think that the sound quality is awful, they're not going to watch your video for very long. And so this actually, um, it's not that expensive. It's less than a hundred dollars. I feel like okay. it's years ago I bought it, but 
essentially it just clips on the top of your camera. And as long as you're not too far away, I would say you probably need to be within three or four feet of it to, for it to pick up good audio quality, okay. but this picks up great audio quality with your camera. Very cool. Very cool. So, you know, obviously you've been doing this for several years now. Um, I, I want to get into the idea of compensation. Like uh -huh. how, you know, how did that look for the first couple of years? And then how has that kind of maybe snowballed over time and what things look like today? So YouTube is a really, actually TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube all have different ways that they pay you. And so does Amazon. If you use the affiliate links, which I also do that Amazon affiliate links, I don't really make much money off that, but some YouTubers do quite a, a well off that. Uh, so YouTube is probably the best paying out of all those but they actually are not as good as they used to be. How they pay you is what's called CPM. So you have, um, it's like counts per million or something like that is what it stands for. But essentially that boils down to, they decide based off the advertisements that they can um, send out to your audience. They decide um, who your audience is, I guess how much buying power your audience has and how much buying power you're, you're getting with your audience. And so the higher bidding advertisers, if they can put their advertisements on your video, then your CPM goes up. And that number pretty much is what they pay you for. Like every thousand views you get is like that amount of money they pay you. So some YouTubers, like say you are a streamer and you just do video game streaming and your audience is like 15 year old kids or 16 year old kids or something. And, and they're not purchasing anything and they have no money or whatever. Your CPM might be like a dollar 50 or $2 or something. Or if you're like a finance guy whose audience is like high earning finance people who have a lot of disposable income purchase, big purchases, things like that, then high dollar advertisers can you know advertise to those audiences and that their CPM may be 35, 40 bucks. And so they, they can actually, with very few views, make way more than the person who's streaming a video game channel may have 100,000 views and make less money than the guy who's got, you know, 10,000 views on his video on like corporate finance or something. Um, so my CPM falls somewhere in the middle range. It usually ranges between like 10 and $15. Um, because my audience is mostly healthcare professionals who have usually some disposable income. Mm -hmm. uh, but so, yeah, that's how they pay you on YouTube. In the beginning, the, I had very few views as, as a travel nurse. So it was definitely a hobby. And that's why I didn't invest money in a bunch of tech and expensive stuff because, you know, I would be net negative essentially doing all that. Mm -hmm. um, it would be like 150 bucks a month, maybe back, mm -hmm. you know, years ago. And so I just kind of chalked it up as just like fun hobby money. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything I, you know, took significantly. And then as the years have gone on, uh, when you add in um, TikTok and Instagram, and then of course, more recently in the last probably two years, I've had a lot of brands reaching out to me and with brand deals, like, especially on Instagram, I would say it's typical on Instagram to get brand deals. Um, they will send you free things or pay you a certain amount of money, uh, usually whatever you negotiate, uh, and that maybe a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars to mention their product in in, uh, in a photo, or they're going to send you a scrub cap, and they're going to say like, "Hey, wear this scrub cap. Give us an honest review to your audience. Be organic because the audience wants you to be organic about the product." 
but we'll we'll give you the cap for free and we'll give you 200 bucks. And uh, and you know we're not going to tell you you have to say anything particular about it. Uh, you know just just give a true review on it. And so that's a way that you can make money on Instagram. So Instagram can be kind of a variable on how much you're earning month to month. Uh, or even nothing at all if you don't want to do any brand deals, which for a long time, I was very much against brand deals. I didn't do any brand deals for many years because I thought it was kind of sleazy. Um, but as the time has gone on, there have been actual brands that have reached out to me that I actually like the products and I yeah. actually like what they offer. And, and I think it's a good product. And so I say, hey, sure, I'll, you know, if you want to send that to me, then I'll definitely try it on and I'll wear it for a video and, you know, I'll give a review on it. Uh, and then TikTok also pays you, but they pay you very, very little. Um, it's like per, I don't know, it's like per 10,000. One, you have to have 10,000 followers or more to even qualify to get paid on TikTok. So that's a caveat to that. Uh, and, and on TikTok, you can, I don't know, you can maybe have like 10,000 views on a video and get like five cents or something. It's like five, six cents. It's very small. <laughs> it's it's pennies. Yeah. So man. You're not going to get rich on TikTok based off their their creator fund. Uh, TikTok is more about the fun aspect, and then people often try and funnel their people from TikTok over to their YouTube or to their Instagram, uh -huh. where then they could build a, a more marketable audience there. That's fascinating. I had no idea of, of a lot of those nuances that you just talked about. I mean, yeah. Now, okay, so I have to ask because you you brought it up. Uh, what what's the coolest thing a brand has sent you? I recently had a massage gun sent to me, uh, maybe three or four months ago, which totally was odd to me because I I didn't I don't feel like I'm someone who is like the best person to market a massage gun, like you know, like a ther like Theragun, like that brand that's like. That yeah. pounding, repetitive, whatever. Yeah. Um, which those are fairly expensive items. I don't know how much they actually cost, but I I, I think they're fairly expensive. And uh, and this person reached out to me, a brand reached out to me and said, "Hey, we'll send you a free one, uh, and you can you know if you just want to use it in your stories." And so there's there's a very odd story video which is only lasts for 24 hours, but it's essentially of me like shocking and like uh, vibrating my thighs on <laughs> on Instagram. And I didn't think about it until after I was done because that was just what was sore because I had worked out that morning. So I was like, well, I'll just, you know, massage out this portion. And then I got some DMs from people being like, why, why are you massaging your thighs on your Instagram stories? <laughs> like your well, DMs grew, you blew up all of a yeah, sudden. They, there was definitely some, uh, some people talking to me about weird stuff on there, but Anyway, that was a more interesting thing that's been sent to me recently. Oh my goodness. So um, what are, I guess th there's not always sunshine and roses associated with this kind of stuff. So have you run into any of the the bad stuff that people hear about on social media, you know, horrible comments or, or whatever? What, what's been your experience with that? You know what? On my YouTube channel, I have not had a lot of that. There, there, you'll occasionally come across one troll or something that will bother you on YouTube, and I just simply block them and move on. But I will tell you, the area that you will get a ton of trolls and negativity is TikTok. Sadly, mm. um, I think it's because it does send your video out kind of like a shotgun effect to a lot of different audience members and a lot of different people, people who may not like what you're saying, people who may actually be competitors to the CRNA community and, and market. 
And when they see your video, their instinct is to, you know, create a fake account with like a 006521 over whatever screen name and, uh, and no photo and no followers. And they just like say crazy stuff that's uh-huh. inflammatory and just, just negative trying to tear people down or trying to, you know, make them seem important or something. So on TikTok, you get a lot of that. Uh, of course I'm, uh, I've been on social media and stuff for many, many years. So I've, I have mastered the blocking ability in a heartbeat and the moving on ability. So I don't, yeah. it doesn't bother me anymore. I just simply block people and move on and delete their comment. I, I don't allow, some people are like, Oh, leave the comment up. It's good for the algorithm. No, I'm not going to let you use your nasty behavior on my platform that I have. So yeah. that's how I deal with that. Nice. I, I can totally respect that. So, um, yeah. now the, the next question I have, you kind of alluded to, you know, your niche, your, your market that, you know, the people that you're talking to are in healthcare and they're, mm. they're people who are looking to get into nurse anesthesia programs. So, uh, let's talk about that. Like how have the relationships been that you've built uh, on social media, how has that translated into relationships outside of social media? Uh, well, I mean, I have worked with a lot of people over the years who will tell me that they've seen my videos before, or I've even run across people at conferences and stuff at anesthesia conferences who are in, you know, their, their uh, nurse anesthesia residents. And they'll come up to me and they'll say, you know, Hey, I watched your videos four years ago. And, and you're one of the first people that I found on YouTube that gave me all this information about the career and, and, and made me passionate and excited about going into this. And, and I'm always super honored and, uh, and humbled when I come across people like that, who, who tell me like, I played a part in their career choices and things like that. Uh, so in that sense, I feel like social media does kind of cross over into your personal life at times because you'll meet real life people. And more recently with TikTok, I mean, I've had people at my own hospital come up to me, L&D nurses and stuff. I put in an epidural and I go and sit down to chart and an L&D nurse comes up to me recently and she's like, are you that, you were on my For You page. She's like, you're that guy on TikTok. I was like, I, I guess I am that guy on TikTok. I don't think that, I don't feel like I have that big of a following on TikTok, but apparently that a lot of random people have seen it. So your, your social media presence will definitely cross over into your real life. Um, and then sometimes it crosses over into your real life in bad ways um, because social media, and I've, I've spoken on this on other podcasts before, but social media can be a positive and a negative in your life and especially in healthcare especially as a provider, when, when you're on a professional level, like we're on, there's, there's a lot of people who do not believe that we should be on social media, that we should be on TikTok, that we should be having fun or doing skits or being human beings. Like we, we're held to a God tier standard and we, we should be above all the rest of that. And, uh, and so there are people, especially administrators and things like that, who will cause conflict for you. I've not had it come up in my workplace where it's been a problem before, but there are a lot, a lot, a lot of people who have. And when I was in school back in 2017, I did have some, um, some, a certain group of people who don't like CRNAs target me in my YouTube channel. And they actually contacted my program director and, and made up a bunch of lies of things that I wasn't doing or saying online that sounded inflammatory. 
And my program director is a 60 year old woman at the time. She doesn't have the capacity or the know-how to like research up online what I'm doing or saying. She just took it at face value and just pretty much said, you know, your position in our program could be in jeopardy. If you're saying things and doing things online, stop doing things on YouTube. And so I actually had to take a break about six month break from YouTube uh, at that time. Uh, because I was so afraid that I would get targeted again and end up getting removed from my program over something I never even did. So in that sense, social media can cross over into your real world life in in some negative ways. Yeah. Well, and and I think that's interesting. I, you know, I've seen CRNAs that will make a post on social media and all of a sudden they're out of a job. Right. Um, so there, there's definitely a, a negative side to this. And, and so you know, that sometimes that can, can overshadow, uh, all of the positive things that can come out of social media. And, and it, it, I think that comes back to, you know, how you're utilizing social media, uh, for yourself. If you're having a platform or if you're, you know, just wanting to post pictures of your family and, and, you know, or, or if you're getting into staunch political debates, which, you know, probably aren't the best thing, but, it right. happens and you know we people get caught up in in these things and so what are some ways that you've actually protected yourself from you know getting into some of those situations other than obviously you you had the 6 month break while you were in school but right. you know what what are some other steps that you've taken to protect yourself so the way I approach social media, and I, I've done this way back, even probably 2016, 2017, I knew back then that you should not be talking about exactly where you're in school at. You should not be disclosing where the specific place that you live, as in like very tight location of where they can find you. You should not be discussing the employer that you work for. Uh, because in reality, all of these entities, they have the right to represent themselves how they want to. And you don't have the right to go on to social media, especially as you grow bigger followings and have more powerful sway. You don't have that right to speak on their behalf or make people online assume that your opinions and perspectives are that facilities opinions and perspectives. And so as soon as you do that at all, like if you disclose or let it be clear where you work or where you go to school and stuff, now you've made yourself very vulnerable because they have full power to critique everything you're doing and saying. Um, so that's something I've I've never done, but you'll find that even when employers know that you don't disclose that information, they still will have a feeling, they will feel like that they can have a say-so over what you post and do on social media if they like it or not. Um, so I still am very careful uh, about the topics I discuss. I don't talk about super controversial political topics. I don't talk about religious topics. Um, not in a not in a combative kind of mm -hmm. debating manner, you know. I I, t I realize the responsibility that you have as, when people follow you and they're listening to what you have to say, and so I try and keep things very positive and neutral and on topic. You know, my niche is the CRNA community, pretty much. So I talk about anesthesia topics. I talk about things related to us. Uh, now, I will certainly talk about advocacy issues related to CRNAs, and I, I do work with the AANA, and I have since I was a student. So I will talk about legislative things that are happening. I will talk about 
things that are going on with the AANA, things that are going on with the ASA. I'll talk about, you know, the details of the difference between medical direction and medical supervision and uh, independent practice. And I will talk about, you know, the everything that we're trained on as CRNAs to be and the full practice authority and all of these types of things. I'm very easily quick to talk about those things because I'm passionate about those. I don't count those as something that you shouldn't be discussing on your platform. I think that's exactly what you should be discussing on your platform if you're in my position. Um, but yeah, you have to you have to use wisdom about the way you approach things and uh, and kind of the demeanor you carry on conversations online. Yeah, I I love all of that. That's you know that. It's it's hard to watch people go through some of these processes, and and I see it actually a lot in in some older generations where they just they sometimes, you know, either you're overestimating your status in your particular organization, and you feel too comfortable in the position you're in, you know, mm-hmm. to be where I can say whatever and it's not going to affect me, or you're just not aware of how many people are actually paying attention or or can right. listen. I mean, you know, and and I guess I I, I think about. I mean, how many athletes get in trouble because they, oh, well, they said something and then they deleted the tweet, but here's the tweet, you know? Right. And it's, so you can't hide from anything that you post. Right. Um, somebody somewhere will have a copy of it or, or you know, be able to show it somewhere. Right. Uh, there's always a way to get to it. So you, you do have to be very careful. Yeah. But agree. Uh, so getting back into some of the more fun topics, uh, uh-huh. you know, like, what what has been your favorite part of this whole experience? You start off with the the travel stuff, and and you've gone on to to help other CRNAs or, or other nursing students, you know, become CRNAs. What's uh-huh. been your favorite part? What are you getting out of this? What I like the most, and what I've always liked about social media, is the connecting with people who I don't even know, I, I haven't met before, but there's someone online who lives in India or something, and they message me and they're looking for a way to reach their goals or their dreams, or maybe just a way to laugh. Maybe they're just looking at entertainment. There are people who tell me they follow me, just they they have no plans or interest in going into the medical field or into CRNA or whatever, but they think what I say is funny or that I show what I'm eating all the time is goofy and they just like that personality or whatever. So I, I like that I'm able to connect with people in a way that I would never be able to connect with people one-on-one in person. And, uh, and just put positive energy out there and hopefully good information so people can make choices wiser than what I was able to make uh, because that's something that was lacking. When I was trying to go to CRNA school, there wasn't a person online that I could look at or YouTube channel or people talking about all these behind the scenes topics and information about the anesthesia community. So I love that I'm able to put that out there for people that they can get something from it and I kind of feel like maybe I'm making a difference. And that's what I like the most. Very cool. Well, Jason, this has just been such a fascinating topic for me. Uh, you know, social media is ever changing. And so to to be able to just talk with somebody who's gone through a lot of those changes, you've seen some of these changes happen and, and you've grown with it. Uh, fascinating to to hear about. And, and I just want to thank you for being on the show today. This has been such an interesting uh, episode. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. So full disclosure, I recorded this conversation right after getting back from vacation, and I'm still kind of getting back into the swing of things. I realized afterward that I completely forgot to ask Jason how folks could get a hold of him. He is Bolt CRNA on YouTube. 
Bolt underscore CRNA on Instagram and Jason Bolt on Facebook. You can find all that contact information in the show notes uh, for this episode. And, you know, what a cool guy, right? I mean, I loved this conversation and I can learn so much from Jason. He started out doing something that he enjoyed and it just grew right along with him. Jason makes an impact by helping others get to where he is as a professional. And he improved over time by learning new skills and making mistakes along the way, which obviously I have made a few mistakes as well. So, you know, we all make mistakes on the path to growth. He's been consistent in posting content for years now, and it has really paid off, not just monetarily, but emotionally as well. You know, just think of the positive impact that he can have with his platform now. But I think what I admired the most about Jason was his comfort in his own skin and his ability to just tune out the negativity around him. He hasn't shied away from conflict. He chooses to use his platform to positively represent the CRNA profession. Yes, there can be a dark side to social media. Yes, there are trolls out there. And yes, you can go go too far with the block button to create an echo chamber. But there is an overwhelming amount of good that we can accomplish as well. Jason is an incredible example of how to use social media as a force for positivity in our world. That's going to do it for this episode. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I hope you'll join us next time on the Plan B CRNA podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by OnCall Capital. They are dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find OnCall Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page, where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.